Hey, good day, everybody. This is Dan Young with Total Wellness Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your day. Today, I catch up with Dr. Mark C. Munitz. He is the founder of Quanta Health PMA, a private holistic medical association. Originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, he is currently based in the Erie, Pennsylvania area and offers online as well as remote consultations. Mark has a broad range of holistic medical and business expertise with over 12 different professional designations and certifications ranging in its focus and concentration towards chemistry balancing, frequency medicine, and emotional balancing. So thank you so much for tuning in and making this episode a part of your day. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Total Wellness Radio. You know, after the introduction in our intro to uh, my interview today with uh, Dr. Mark Munitz out in the Erie, Pennsylvania area, we are thrilled to have you. We have lots of questions. And uh, Mark, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Morning, Dan. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I'm thrilled about your background and the extensive experience you have to share. And, you know, our podcasts are about 30 to 45 minutes. So we're going to bring as much value as we possibly can to our listening audience around the world. And I love to start off with my initial question, kind of get things rolling. All of us, it seems, has a background or an experience, an event that we can kind of point at and say, you know, that's what put me in the direction of nutritional therapy, uh, naturopathic therapies, energy medicines, things of that nature. And Mark, if you just take a, an opening minute or two here and kind of bring our listeners uh, into that uh, area of your, kind of your origin story of how you got into naturopathic medicine and doing the things you're doing today. Sure. Thank you, Dan. Uh, well, for me, it all began when I was about 13 months young and had tonsils and androids removed. So I've been living the majority of my life with a, uh, a less than stellar immune system. And fast forward that to my teenage years in Cincinnati when I started developing as a keen interest in forensic pathology from watching the, uh, the show Quincy Medical Examiner was on TV at the time. Um, so um, I, in fact, in high school, spent two years in a vocational program in medical laboratory assisting. So I learned hematology, chemistry, all the things related uh, in order to become a medical technologist. Uh, in fact, when I graduated from high school, I was already working at Cincinnati's General Hospital. Now, people will notice the kids, I do see it very fast. This is done deliberately today to, to get as much as we can into our session. It's not indicative of my body chemistry, which we'll get to later. <laughs> so okay. I, just wanted to, I just happened to get that message as I'm talking. Um, so anyhow, uh, you remember back in the 70s, this thing known as the Rye Syndrome Flu? Doesn't sound familiar. Go ahead, go ahead and explain. Well, you bet. Well, at any rate, uh, like like many, uh, every year I went to my pediatrician to get the annual flu shot, and I was about 12, 13 years old, and had the awareness that hey, you know what? It seems like every time I go and get a flu shot, I come home and I have a negative response to it, to where you know either I got the flu or I got some flu-like symptoms, whatever. The bottom line, I'm in school as a result. So it occurred to me, hey, I'm getting older. I'm just going to see what happens here. And I told my parents, hey, you know what? Next year, I don't think I'm going to get the flu shot. I'm going to pass. And so uh, as from about the age of 14 until I 
uh, entered the Navy when I was 21, I didn't get any vaccinations whatsoever. Then I go into the basic training in the Navy, and what do they like to do in basic training? Vaccinate everybody. And what I witnessed firsthand, you know, when 80 people out of 80 people get vaccinated, we're all sharing the same living quarters, et cetera, but we're all getting sick. And in fact, the Navy's expecting it. They affectionately refer to it as the recruit cred. Uh. I knew something, something just didn't sit right with me. So that was that combination of events of vaccines for me and, and me having negative responses to it caused me to, to seek out, you know, there's got to be a better way with health. Even though I was interested in the forensic pathology aspect, it was solving a logic puzzle that appealed to me more so than just the, the medicine and the science at that time. That's really what was leading me down that path. And when I got into my freshman year pre-med, um, I remember going to a Caduceus Club meeting that had some students that were attending universities and studies College of Medicine along with some professors, and I just kind of naively asked the question, so how much of our four years of study is going to be focused on preventative medicine and nutrition? And you would have thought I just told them that their baby was ugly. Yes. You, you just um, became so, something in the room. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, uh, you know, uh, having that, that lovely uh, receptive uh, you know, response where nobody wanted to answer my question, I gathered my things and I excused myself from the meeting. And then about a week later, I went to the dean's office and I decided to withdraw from school. Wow. That's, that's, that's how strong I felt philosophically about how medicine and healthcare should be practiced. That was just my own personal, um, you know, perspective, right, wrong, or indifference. Yes. So then I, and then that's why I ended up in the Navy. It was a nice little escape and then it brought, kept bringing me back to health. Fast forward, okay, to the late 1990s, early 2000, around Y2K, and I was working as a software consultant throughout North America. I spent more time on Air Canada planes than I did in my own car. Wow. Uh, it was that kind of, you know, truly a road warrior, and finally got to the point where I said, you know, I am sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. So I took some time off and went to see a naturopathic doctor in Calgary, Alberta, where I was living at the time, mm -hmm. who was classically trained in India. And, you know, the end result of that was leaving the office with a bag full of supplements, having forked over a couple hundred dollars for, for the appointment and the supplements, and thinking to myself, okay, I just spent an hour with this guy, and he told me to do three things. He said, eat right, exercise daily, and take your vitamins. And I'm thinking, what a revelation. It's the same thing they told us in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the thing, Mark, and you know it as well as I. That is, there's five words that are the key to the 400 plus billion dollar industry that you and I get to play around in, and that is eat right and exercise. Exactly. <laughs> but people would rather spend $30 on a bottle of some kind of apple cider caramel vanilla tasting stuff to drink <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating right so you know some of us take longer to learn the lessons than others i suppose and that's fine um and then as my uh elderly parents were beginning to uh slow down and wind down wind down and transition to their new life they have now um i moved back to the states in order to provide a safety net for mom and dad and as a result of that, I got away from uh, operations management uh, consulting and got back into the healthcare field, taking care of mom and dad. 
And so actually while my dad was, um, let's see, he was diagnosed um, in 2013 with uh, kidney cancer. And he was about 89, yeah, he was 89 at the time. And they concluded, they being the oncologist and the whole medical team there, that he was too, uh, too old to get any, have any surgery done, too old for, you know, their type of treatment of, of uh, radiation, chemo, et cetera. And so basically they just told him, you know, okay, we're, we're estimating you've got about 24 months left. Enjoy your time. Mm-hmm. So I asked my dad, I said, would you mind if I, you know, uh, did some research with you from a nutritional perspective? And he said, sure. So anyhow, long story short, I, um, I, I connected up and started listening to Dr. Joel Wallach's radio show. Yep. That doctors don't lie. Uh, did lots of things, looked at the studies. Um, you know, the long and short of it was that as my dad went back to get the tumor measured by the oncologist, he did had that done twice. First time was about three months after his initial diagnosis. Second time was another three months later. And all he was doing was, you know, humoring me, I suppose, with all the nutritional suggestions I made. And both times the size of the tumor had shrunk and mm-hmm. it decreased in size. Mm-hmm. And my dad, after the second time, looked at me and he says, do I have to keep coming back to this quack? <laughs> my dad's words, not mine. I love it. I said, cool, good for you, dad, right? And, and, and my favorite part about the story is, is this particular oncologist happened to be a graduate of the Ohio State University. And of course, being an Ohio native, that's huge in you know, credibility land with, with us from Ohio, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, uh, my dad just looked at him and the oncologist was kind of shocked and my dad looked at him and says, uh, by the way, you're now fired. And that was the last time my dad went. And my dad continued, you know, following uh, the guidance that, that I was getting at the time. And uh, anyhow, lo and behold, one day my dad came to me and he says, hey, do you get all the research done you want? Yeah. He says, okay. He says, can I have my candy and licorice and ice cream back? <laughs> He was ready to go. Yeah. So that was an important lesson I learned as a practitioner is to support people where they're at. And just because I want him around forever doesn't mean that that's what he wants. Correct. Yeah, you got to meet them where they're at and help them, you know, get them what they want while you educate them as to what they need. And they're going to take advantage of how much of that that they that they can for sure. You know, in looking at, at, at the extensive summary, the background, the things that you've provided me for the podcast today, it's just is just a plethora of, you know, 12 different certifications and modalities. And, you know, you and I um, were kind of brought together by a mutual acquaintance, mutual uh, practitioner and, and uh, Gerald. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that you and I instantly uh, hit off on in our conversation early on was the, the uh, you know, Carrie Reams testing, uh, how it's applied, how does the analysis work? And I thought, wow. I, if we can just spend a half an hour, just a half an hour on just that uh, discussion on uh, uh, IBTI, you know, the different things that, that go on with that. Um, what is the nature of the analysis? Let's let's start there and, and kind of let you kind of fill in our listeners for, you know, what is the REAMS testing and what is the nature of that analysis going to do for them uh, in their health? Sure, sure. I appreciate that question. Thanks, Dan. Um, just setting some context, um, I was initially uh, made aware of Dr. Kerry Reams and RBTI from one of his grand, 
children, his grand, one of his granddaughters, uh, back at the end of 1999 when her and I met uh, socially. Um, and I can remember walking to her house and seeing a picture behind her of Dr. Kerry Reams. And I said, uh, why do you have a picture of Colonel Sanders behind you? Because the picture of him looks a lot like Harlan Sanders. Anyhow, so that's... So I have a personal connection to the Reams family as a result of that, and I've maintained that since, you know, uh, late 99, early 2000. Now, in terms of what's, what's the nature of the analysis, uh, the analysis uses a voided specimen of urine uh, and a small amount of saliva. And obviously, we, we, can, we can use that and take that at any time of the day, but we don't <laughs> typically use the first void in the morning because of the overnight repair cycle. So everything is more concentrated. Now... I, I uh, suggest that folks that are learning how to become a practitioner take a few uh, samples and do a few analysis of the first void in the morning so they can see the difference yes. between what, what, what everything's going on. Um, the best time of day typically we have found is to take it around 2 p.m. because that's the time when the body's natural uh, blood sugar curve is at the lowest point. So if the sugars, the combined sugars are high at two in the afternoon, then we know, okay, we've got that type of a sugar issue going on as opposed to it not being an issue. Um, what else I want to say there as well is that um, in, in addition to, to getting the, the first uh, analysis done, follow-up analysis are recommended so we can monitor progress towards the goal of okay. balancing the health, of improving the health. Uh, mm-hmm. And also... We, uh, we use those follow-up analysis so we can see what is happening and, and account for the highs and lows due to the biological cycle. Um, additionally, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, all these details, uh, you know, can be provided to folks that want to know, you know, more of the, the intricacies. But, for example, with saliva, uh, we don't obviously don't want to collect saliva when somebody's eating, chewing gum, uh, if they had a throat lozenge in their, in their mouth, that kind of thing, we always want to wait. So we're getting the pure saliva without any, any uh, risk of any contaminants being in there. You, you know, so you that's me- the nature of it. Okay. You know, you mentioned sugars, and boy, I'll tell you, sugar uh, is a, a hot topic, has been for a long time. A lot of people are concerned about it. You know, I, I tell clients they summer, like, they tend to suffer from numberosis. Let's just see what, you know, from the, let's just see what it really means. Let's, what is this right. really trying to tell us? What is, what is meant by uh, combined sugars? What, when, when you refer to that, kind of uh, enlighten us on that sugar sure. issue. Sure, sure. So when we use the phrase combined sugars, we're referring to all carbohydrates that are being voided in the urine. And we use a instrument known as a refractometer that they actually use in the agricultural industry to determine the sugar content of the crops they're grown. And what's interesting about that is that's where Dr. Reams started was he was an agronomist. So he took what he learned about uh, biological ionization okay, in non-human species, non-human biological life forms, and then applied it to the human uh, biological uh, paradigm. And when we look at the combined sugars, it's not just looking at blood glucose, right? That's one factor, but it's looking at all the sugars. So all the oses like the galactose, the maltose, the dextrose, so on and so forth. So someone, okay, could have an, an issue metabolizing blood glucose which may show in a blood glucose test, but they don't have issues metabolizing other sugars or vice versa, right? So we want to know how are they metabolizing, how are they processing and managing all sugars that 
uh, or in the body matches glucose. Excellent. Okay, now, so we're getting a total picture, <clears throat> not just a partial picture focusing on one sugar. Now, so from the standpoint of people who come to us and they have the thing, I call it the thing. It could be heart, it could be, <laughs> could be hormonal, it could be uh, autoimmune cognitive function. Is this type of testing going to give you, the practitioner, the insight to position them to thrive depending upon like their diet, lifestyle, supplementation needs? Are you going to be able to see a broad spectrum use for this? I'm very curious about that. Yes. Um, and, and just to, to be clear, um, RBTI is not a diagnostic, and I apologize for my, our new rescue. <laughs> You're fine. Remy. Remy. Um, Yes, again, it's not a diagnostic tool, rather it is a truly an analysis getting into the, the body chemistry, the physiology, um, and we're not just isolating our focus on any single number that's in the analysis, we're looking at the interrelationships across the numbers. So yes, we can tell uh, from that, for example, uh, if a person is in need of which specific calciums from various calcium compound groups we can tell what vitamins a person could, might be able to benefit from. We can tell whether or not there's some undue heart stress in there, right? Uh, we can also see uh, energy loss. Of When we say energy loss, we're referring to reserve energy. So, for example, uh, whenever we consume foods, we live off the energy that we're able to extract from the foods itself, yeah. okay? And there's two types of energy from the perspective that you would consider usable energy versus reserve or stored energy. So the usable energy is, you know, what we're, we're consuming on a daily basis. Uh, the reserve energy would be, for example, uh, have you ever known a child to swallow a, a penny? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, how much nutritional value is contained in a penny? Exactly. Zippo. <laughs> but, but the child's body has to process and digest that and push it through the entire digestive tract, right, before it's eliminated. So where's it going to get the energy from if there's no energy in the penny? Ah, does that reserve energy. Yes. Okay. Um, also, people who indulge in some, uh, let's say, not-so-healthy habits such as smoking uh, or any kind of drug usage, whether it's recreational or prescription, okay, that contributes to a loss of energy as well. So we look at all those factors, we can begin to get a, an idea of if this person continues with their current uh, lifestyle management, they um, are in essence shortening their lifespan that they could enjoy if they take some corrective actions. Do you find that the uh, area of digestion, utilization of proteins, things of that nature, is that one of the more common? What, 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 let me let me ask this. Let me rephrase it. When you use this analysis, what is like the most common thing that you see or contributing factor that can affect a, a variety of health concerns? The very basic thing is we can immediately tell somebody is dehydrated. Ah. Or you know, is somebody drinking you know water? Number one, and then number two, are they drinking the water systematically? And number three, are they drinking the right kind of water? So the, one of the mainstays of RBTI is the use of distilled water. Uh, and we, we recommend somebody drinks that uh, to the rate of about four ounces every 30 minutes. And then, of course, there's all kinds of caveats around that, which is why you need to work with an RBTI practitioner who can guide you. But I'm just giving you a general sure. overview. 
yes, we can we can tell about um, uh, hydration levels. Okay. Another thing is whenever any of these numbers begin to move away from what's considered the perfect numbers, there's immediate loss of energy, and so we know that the first nutrient, okay, that there's a loss when we understand the physiology, is there's going to be a loss of vitamin C, a loss of calcium, a loss of vitamin A, okay? And when you follow the physiological chain, you'll see that there's a loss of the minerals that have a heavier atomic weight when you look at their atomic weights in the periodic table of elements, okay? So it's not just a loss of one particular nutrient. There's a cascading effect. So yes, bottom line, to keep it simple, if the numbers, any number starts moving away from perfect, we know there's an immediate loss of reserve energy. We know there's an immediate loss of vitamin C. Um, and we also know that the liver is also compromised as well because if the liver is, is performing optimally, somebody is at in that perfect health range, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they're eating, what their lifestyle management is, their body has enough mineralization, okay, to compensate for anything they're doing that they shouldn't be doing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody says, you know what, I haven't had a good Krispy Kreme donut in a long time, I'm gonna go have one. Okay, if their numbers are perfect, they're not gonna see much of a change, if any, right? In fact, the nerves might remain there, right, from that. But it's not like they're eating, you know, donuts every single day. Right, right. Is there a way to, to discuss uh, uh, heart health with these uh, with this analysis? Absolutely, we get you know again it's not diagnostic, but we're looking at the physiology if there's any stresses being put on, and the numbers we focus in on for, regarding heart health um, include the combined salts and then the two uh, nitrogen numbers, which are nitrate and ammoniacal. You combine those and we call that ureas. Ureas is just another way of saying undigested proteins. So what happens is if the liver is uh, weak and not functioning properly and the proteins are not being digested, then the protein, the undigested proteins start to accumulate okay, in the, in the blood vessels and in the soft tissues. And that leads to a lack of oxygen in the body. And what's one of the nutrients that the heart needs most? is oxygen yeah. and and the increased salts is nothing more than increased electrolytes and you start finding that the heart will beat harder not necessarily faster but heart will beat harder so you could ask somebody say well have you ever been told that your heart is beating as fast as a horse or it's really pounding hard on that and they'll say oh yeah 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 if you look at the correlation in the salts and or ureas typically we'll find they have high numbers so not to worry, the, the first thing we'll recommend is somebody just starts drinking plain distilled water. That's another sign of dehydration, and we see that so the combination. Um, and salts, to wrap this up, the salts is just another way of saying electrolytes. Okay. And you may have heard of, of uh, athletes uh, passing out. Yep. Right? Whether they're at practice or they're, you know, performing, uh, in, in cases where we've been able to, to take, check their numbers, unfortunately, you know, post-mortem style, um, we always find that salts and or ureas, some kind of combination was high. In fact, Dr. Reams found that uh, often um, in sudden infant death syndrome mm. with, the, with the babies, right, is you wonder, well, what's going on? Well, it's because the babies, you know, they have these sky-high 
urea numbers and what's going on. Well, their body wasn't able to digest the proteins they were getting. And if they were being nursed by mom, mom was ingesting too many proteins for the baby at that time. So just sharing with you lots of things that Dr. Reams was able to do that, uh, you know, uh, that type of training most of us don't receive anymore. Yes. So yes, it's just, just can share what he was able to do and we're able to do probably about 70 to 80% uh, of that. For example, he, with his background, he could look at somebody, uh, somebody's numbers, not know them. And he might look at you and say, okay, so Dan, you know, when you were about what, four or five, you had your tonsils removed and you're like, how the heck can you see that? He yeah. just had that that type of ability. Like I said, rest of us aren't trained in, in that type, nor do we really want to go there. Because again, RBTI is not a diagnostic tool. Sure. But it's more of the analysis to say, okay, here's what, where you can benefit on from a nutritional perspective. So let's let's focus on that. And also let's look at lifestyle management changes. Yep. When it comes to the, the numbers, right, that you refer sure. to as far as mm-hmm. – what factors can cause them to change and, and are, they, or are they constantly in change all the time? What, what's going on there? Well, great. So the first answer, answer to the first part, do they constantly change? The answer is yes. Um, the body chemistry is simply dynamic. Um, and there's lots of factors, both physical and emotional factors that can cause the body chemistry to change. Uh, some other factors that can cause the numbers to change, are, again, would be uh, your hydration level. Okay, if you're not drinking your water, your salts, your ureas, sugars, all can uh, increase. Doesn't mm-hmm. always happen that way, but those are, are common things that we'll see when somebody isn't properly hydrated. Uh, certainly, the foods that we're eating will cause changes. Um, again, it's not so much what's sorry the foods that we're eating that's the issue. It's what's in the soil or what's missing in the soil where the food was grown. Yeah, that's going to determine what you know, what we're, what we're receiving energetically. So yeah, there's, there's a, a new push on that to encourage farmers to learn how to grow high bricks foods. And those of us are practitioners are starting to learn how to grow high bricks gardens for our own, uh, you know, families and, and, and start developing some community supported agriculture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I want to say there? Uh, yeah, again, the numbers will also change when we exercise or if you meditate, Okay. Uh, okay. I've seen folks that, that have called me and said, hey, I just got back from working out the gym, did my numbers, and oh my goodness, what's going on? And it, the best analogy I can think of is I ask and say, well, what time of day do you are you most likely to want to avoid being on the freeways or the interstate system? And they'll say, oh yeah, rush hour. Well, that's essentially what's, what you've done in your body is it's now rush hour because you've increased the toxins circulation throughout the blood. One of the reasons why we don't use blood, it's constantly changing. Yep. So, okay, let's let's go ahead and let's get that, uh, let's do a, a blood test for cholesterol when we're circulating maximum toxins, right? <laughs> okay, and now we're told, oh, guess what? You've got high cholesterol. Okay, great. You let's now have a drug test. deficiency. <laughs> All that, right? Yeah, so that's that's why we, we like using the urine and the saliva. It gives you a, a more stable view of what's happened over the last 24 hours before you go and make suggestions to take corrective action. Do you use, and I've heard you say it several times, but I just want to clarify it. You're using the numbers. You're not using them as a diagnostic tool per se, but an analysis of the chemistry. When the chemistry is right, the byproduct 
uh, physiologically and beyond his optimum performance. Is that really kind of the whole, was that Reem's whole uh, focus, do you think, with his testing? Well, it, yeah, yes and no, and I'll, I'll, let, me, let me elaborate here. Please. When, when, when Reem's was, was first developing this back in the 1930s, the very first client that came to him, first and came to him, was the father of a, of a young boy. He says, my son is sick. I don't understand what's going on. Can you please help him? And we listened to Dr. Ring share the story. He says, you know, at first I didn't know what to do. He says, and he thought about it and it occurred to him. He says, well, if I know what perfect health looks like and I take this boy's numbers and I can then see how far away from perfect he is, then I can write him a diet to cause the numbers to come back towards perfect. So you notice, Doc, I'll share terminology that Dr. Reams used that we're not allowed to use today because of the, the sure. lovely paradigm we live in. Right? Yes, yes. Dr. Reams w- would write a diet, okay? Whereas what we do is we'll make uh, suggestions about food choices and lifestyle management decisions to help support bringing the numbers back towards perfect. Uh, sorry. So I know I'm forgetting something that you had asked there. Uh so you're asking about oh, what, what Reams was using. Um, so, again, when, you, when you're looking at the numbers, you're letting you know um, more, more uh, relatively how balanced the body chemistry is. Okay. Okay. Can, can you ask your question again because it's going to jar into the thought that I know I'm missing? Um, I was going down through the... Uh... Yeah, the the use of the numbers not for a diagnostic but an evaluation, oh, and if right, we get those you. numbers right, we can produce that optimum physiological optimum health. Right, right. Thank you. No, that's <laughs> fine. Sometimes my, my my thoughts wander at times. And yeah, gotcha. And now okay. you sound like me, Doc. We're always out there. Yeah, bringing always, in information. Always, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, but right, the, the numbers are, are re, again, reflecting uh, one's body chemistry, not necessarily uh, a diagnostic, but just to say, hey, you know, if you don't start taking some corrective action from a nutritional perspective, uh, you know, you're going to end up, as Dr. Rims would say, you're going to get to your, your final resting place much sooner than you anticipated. Yeah. What, uh, what, let's focus in a little bit on your, as we get ready to wrap this up with you today. And by, by the way, promise me that you will do this again, because we're barely, I know you sense it. I know I, we're just barely scratching the surface on some of the dynamic conversation that we could have. Uh, on the, I, I just thought of what, I just remember what I wanted to say. Yes, please right. go right ahead. Okay. Back to the numbers. The best way that I will, I have found it, try to introduce the, the, the whole paradigm of rings and our RBT guys and say, consider the, the numbers is nothing more than a dashboard for your health. Okay? It gives you a, it gives you a quantitative view, right? A quick view of what's the overall health. Do I need to take corrective action or, you know, can I go ahead and, and just, you know, uh, do whatever to ignore, uh, you know, uh, healthier habits. It's no different to me. I liken it to like looking at the dashboard in the, in the car. You know, uh, in fact, uh, pH, for example, uh, is actually a measure of resistance and lets you know 
what's going on with respect to the speed of digestion. So we, I kind of think of the pH as a speedometer for our bodies. Okay. Well, that's a good way to put it. Good yeah, word analogy. Good, good word picture. Sure. How do I know, and I'm just going to bounce around a little bit here as we get ready to wrap up, but I've always heard, too, being you know, influenced by, uh, by John Christopher's uh, School of Natural Healing, my father being a master herbalist, things of that nature, been very influenced by the importance of drinking distilled water. And, and, and one of the things that I'm curious about is how do I know if I'm using a good distilled water? Because people, they'll hear the podcast, they'll run out and buy a distiller, you know, and, and how do we know if we're using good distilled water, Doc? Well, the first thing I say is either, you know, invest in a, a home distiller, right, so that you know what's coming out of the water itself, right, and can take any corrective action you need to. Or if you're like me, uh, you know, always press, seem to be always pressed for time, I tend to go and buy my water, my distilled water. It's more convenient for me. I don't have to clean off a distiller or all that. So what I look for at the stores uh, is on a label, the words steam distilled. That's how I know I'm, get, I'm getting what I'm looking for. Okay. Uh, and also when it says the steam is still on the label, um, I'm looking to see what state the uh, product was steamed distilled in. I'm looking for something that was transported over state lines because that means that that water company manufacturer had to comply with federal guidelines on the steam distillation process, which at this time are considered you know pretty top notch. It's not like so many things that the government's you know, is regulated results in, you know, an unavoidable negative outcome for us. No, it's, it's, it's pretty bang on there. Okay. Um, the key thing that I will say, too, is if somebody has got the instrumentation, rather than focusing on the pH of distilled water, okay, we will, we kind of people look at the conductivity of the salts that's in there. Yes, pH is important, okay, but the more, the heavier emphasis can be on, are, are you seeing any combined salts in that, distilled water that you get ready to drink because if you are guess what you're not drinking water you now have a mineral water ah. whatever whatever's in there right sure and okay and we're not, we don't get our minerals from the water we drink we're supposed to be getting our minerals from the food that we eat yes remember water is supposed to be the solvent it's the cleanser the bather it's getting rid of you know all the toxins and yep. when i use the word toxin i mean something the body just doesn't need and is trying to eliminate yeah and it could be a mineral it could be a vitamin it could be anything yeah, impurities overall, and that and that can be a, that's a broad spectrum. Thank you for mentioning right. that. That's a good that's a good point to to bring up. It's not just uh, it's not just the uh, flavor enhancers of MSG, but we may have an excess vitamin A or D situation that also calcium is a big one, right? So right. thank you for mentioning yeah. that. That's uh, that's where the harmony and the balance comes in. So right, right. Yeah. In fact, Dr. Rains would ask people who would object to drinking water distilled water is what do you think you are Volkswagen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, great I'm glad, yeah I'm glad you get the reference if folks don't understand yeah. that, they can contact us afterwards and, uh, but, but you get, expound on that right <laughs> yeah. hey as we get ready to wrap up here Dr. Uh, Dr. Moon it's, uh, uh, share with our listeners real quick uh, I know that we've got a QR code that we're going to be trying to insert in the description for people to have easy access to you on the Facebook group that you are administering, and I, I'm looking forward to joining that myself. Um, uh, what other ways uh, can clients reach out to you if they want to have more uh, more personal contact with you, Doctor? Well, 
Thank you for that. Um, the best way to reach me is at an email address, just the letters ND, so that's naturopathic doctor, Mark, M-A-R-C, so it's ndmark at yahoo.com. Excellent. That's that's a simple email. Um, if they join, uh, and there's a day, use that QR code I gave you that's gonna, that you're going to set up for us. If they click on that, it's going to take them to a Facebook group that's uh, called RBTI 21st Century Practitioners. I encourage everybody that's listening to to reach out to that because we have people uh, from all around the world in that group. It's not just a bunch of Americans just talking about how we're doing things here in the States. Yes. Okay. Um, in fact, uh, I have a couple of practitioners that I've mentored in uh, on other continents and when you look at supply chain issues, well, what are you using? Because they can't get the products that we're able to get here in the States and vice versa, right? You start looking at, oh, I'm think, now I'm thinking about how the practice is from another perspective. Yep. And then, of course, it expands your network and you get somebody who comes along, you may, might meet, and they say, hey, you know what? I'm from this country. I don't yes. live in the States. I'm here on vacation. When I leave, now that I'm feeling better, who can you connect me with when I get back home, sure. right? So just want to share that it is truly an international group of, of folks, um, and our focus in this group that's different from some other RBTI Facebook groups is we're most interested in how are folks practicing RBTI today? Mm. There's, what, are, what are you doing that what didn't exist when Kerry Reams was alive? So, for example, one of the things that didn't exist prior to his death in 1985, the human genome map mapping was not completed and not even started. So now, what kind of issues can we observe that when you look at the numbers, we're not seeing any you know incremental improvement? Well, now it's time to consider, well, does this person have a genetic predisposition that we can test for and say, oh, guess what? Your genetic predisposition says you can't metabolize or break down vitamin A. Well, no wonder you always have a vitamin A deficiency showing up in your numbers. Yeah. Oh, now what can we do? So that's just yeah. giving you... Yeah, one example. That's that's an excellent topic for for the next discussion. That would be great. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. Sure, Doctor uh, Doctor uh, as we get ready to uh, to wrap this up, as we I always like to have my the the practitioner guests do is just leave the listeners with just one final comment or or, or thought uh, of encouragement that you'd like to uh, to wrap this discussion up on. Wow. Nice, nice loaded question. <laughs> uh, well, I, I can say this. If you're serious about your health and taking ownership of it, this is a great way to become empowered that you can manage your, your health. You can, we can teach you how to uh, gather your numbers relatively quickly and then work with uh, uh, someone who's been at this longer for the additional guidance you're going to need as you understand all these relationships, what it means and what to do. Um, so given, given that, you know, the world is constantly challenging us and bombarding us with toxins, regardless of the form that they come in, <laughs> yes. uh, I'm just finding this is, this is a great tool that gives you a, a quantitative measurement system so you can measure your progress as well as I, I, I rely on qualitative measurements with it to say, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, how crappy do you feel today or how wonderful do you feel today? Yeah. You know, are you ready are you ready to compete in a triathlon or you want me to call nine one one and get you make your reservation at the hospital? <laughs> you, you tell me, right? It's your choice. <laughs> Excellent point, Doctor. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. For all of you listeners, uh, this is uh, Dan Young at Total Wellness Radio signing off. Uh, Doctor Mark 
uh, Munitz and uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. Remember, everybody, you can reach out to uh, Dr. Mark at ndmarc at yahoo.com. Be sure and scan the description Q in the description, the QR code that we're going to provide everybody. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in the group. Doc, take care. Have a wonderful and blessed uh, Father's Day weekend coming up. You as well, Dan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Total Wellness Radio. Thank you for tuning in and making us a part of your day. For about five years now, Total Wellness Radio has brought you two types of content. First, we get to interview practitioners from around the world, capture what I call their origin story. In other words, what brought them to natural health, what circumstances or events or experiences put them on this path, and share with you what their focus is, products, services, clinic, etc., and what's going on with them right now. The other is every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Craig Morrison and myself bring you a topic of the week on our Facebook page, Country Doctor Nutritional Center, for Wellness Wednesday, where we discuss common health concerns and, more importantly, give you resources that you can use to address them in a natural, non-invasive way. So, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to Total Wellness Radio.